check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Hey, I'm Aaron. Hey, I'm John. And this is Pastors and Pizza. I'm Josh. And this is Pastors and Pizza. A podcast where three very unqualified pastors. Very unqualified pastors consume some of the best best and worst worst pizzas Western Washington has to offer. offer. While trying to make sense of our faith, figure out how it connects connects to the world around us. We believe the best conversations happen over food. So pull up a chair, grab a slice, pour a cold one. And come along with us. Wherever it is we are going. Wherever it is we're going. Hey, everybody. Hey, we're back. It's What's up? Past, it's Pastors and Pizza again. Uh, I'm Josh. This is Aaron. This is John. We're, hey. we're going to chat about pizza and uh, about life again. So we are, uh, it is the beginning of February here. And one of the big things that is going on just in the world right now is that we are prepping for the Winter Olympics. So this week? This week? It, yeah, it starts this week. We haven't... Um, had well because of covid the summer olympics and the winter olympics are now like this is like the first time they've been in the same like calendar year you know for like ever for a really long time and uh so it's pretty interesting we just had the summer olympics last summer and now we're having the winter olympics here and so i for one love the winter olympics we're gonna get to talk about it here in a little bit but um uh today we are we are sitting down and we just finished off a Gino's pizza mm-hmm. from Gino's in Monroe. Ooh, Little man. hole in the wall, family run business. And guys, maybe the best pizza we've had. Honestly. It was really good. That was really good. By far. And Cam will be proud of me. I'm not going to rank the crust higher because I said, you know, that that was the best crust that I had before, but this one is just about the same. Well, I mean, you've had this now since then, so if it was better, then you could rank it higher. I could, but it's not better. Oh, well, it's then, then don't rank it higher. I'm not going to. Yeah, it's good. That's what I'm saying. It's I got to leave, right. leave room for perfect. All right. So, yeah, Gino's <laughs> is downtown Monroe, super old establishment. We probably could look it up, see how long it's been around. It's been around for years and years. Since you can smell here? the smoke. Oh, definitely, so. definitely longer than I've been here. I've been here 20 something years now, 20. Five years now, and it's been here as long as I've been here. Huh? It's probably been here since like the fifties, I think. Yeah. Aaron, you're saying the smoke has like soaked into the furniture and the walls. Oh yeah. If you were to go into Gino's and and it's like old school it's the the core is probably still original, uh, but it's probably come back in style, so that's probably good. Um, But yeah, it's it's definitely seen it's it's. Fair share of smokers and so uh, when I first moved food and in into Monroe, it was you could smoke in there and it was nasty and I never went in because of that. I mean, I would meet people there. It was established, it says, in 1970 on their Facebook. Oh, oh nice! And they, they I was do, also uh, established in 1970. Oh, nice! That's great. Uh, and they also do breakfast there, but they all, they also have pizza and sandwiches and a bunch. Yeah, of it's stuff. a it's a good good Italian place, but and, breakfast um, and. $8 Bud Light pitchers. Well, how about that? <clears throat> In case you're wondering. They do have a lounge. It's Gino's Restaurant and Lounge. Have you been to this lounge? I have. I'm not like... I only because I was waiting for a pizza. And then I... When I picture a lounge... <laughs> in like... Uh, in like that kind of hometown restaurant. I, I, don't, I, just pick, I don't know what I picture. Like dark colored tile. And like yeah. dark lights. Uh, with One of those lights with the green... Like... 
kind of top, you know? Nailed so it, bro. Close. Seriously. Is that, is that, is that, I'm pretty much. sure you've been there. Uh, gosh. Yeah, I think it's wow. it. I've been in there, one of those things. You know, that's it's like your typical lounge. And I feel like, here's the thing about Geno's. I feel like Geno's is one of those places where there's a guy who does some business in the back booth, right? Like you go in and you some see this guy. And yeah. his name, Geno. No, I'm just Gino? kidding. I don't know. It's good. It's uh, like, I mean, you you could maybe experience that. I, I have not seen that personally, but it, it would not surprise me if the some some uh, undercover Monroe uh, business got taken care of there. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I think about it would be a great place to film like a gangster movie. Oh, you know, absolutely. A place called oh, Geno's. Yeah, you know, totally. you get the guy I mean, the rest of Monroe... <clears throat> doesn't really have not the same so much, vibe, so but you know, that, that particular restaurant. By the way, it's Gino, J-E-N-O, like Gino's Pizza Rolls. Just putting that out there. Oh, yeah. Hey, and and get this, their, their address, 123 East Main Street. What? I couldn't oh. get any more, like, pretend. I, so I had, this is crazy, the guy, who, the guy who roomed next door to me in the dorms in college he literally grew up on 123 Sesame Street. No. Well, yeah, I, I kid you not. Come on. 123 Sesame Street. Was he good at math? No. Oh, not good at many things. Okay. All right. <laughs> if you're listening, there's still time. I just remember him getting in a fight in the middle of the, of the dorm because someone pulled down his Trick Daddy poster off the wall. Hmm. And that was at a Christian school. So that not, was a, I don't know what Trick good, Daddy is. Trick Daddy is a rapper from like the, huh. you know. Early two thousands, and he and he threw knuckles over that. Oh, he was mad. Okay. Was, <laughs> yes, Ron so Sebastian, or no, Rob Sebastian. If you're out there and you're listening, one, two, three, Sesame Street. <laughs> so he was upset because Trick Daddy is what he was aiming for in goals, and we're going to talk about that a little later too. Oh yeah, of course we are. Man, when it comes to this Gino's pizza, like I was surprised. I never had Gino's pizza actually, and so we sit down here, and I, John opens the box, and I'm like, "Yeah, that looks like a hometown pizza," and pulled that out. It's good. The, cr- the crust was crispy. The cheese was thick yes. and good. Thick yeah. with three C's. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> you're, then, you're welcome, friends. And then, uh, yeah, it was just good. And so, yeah, John, I don't know what you what do you think about it. Well, so let's, let's start. We got a large meat lovers from Geno's. That's what we got. Is it was about like with the tip is about twenty five bucks, just under twenty five bucks. So it's you know it's, it's, it's an expensive place, but really really good. I, mm-hmm. I agree that the cheese. I, I mean, in our past podcasts, I have not really gotten into the whole cheese rating thing, but this one was was legit. It was good. Yes. It was still. I mean, I in all fairness to the other pizzas, this was probably also the hottest pizza that we consumed because by the time we got here and got it ready and ate, this one was probably the most fresh. And so the cheese was still nice and stretchy and warm and, and it was really good. But thick. Mm-hmm. I, I believe it's like a Danish style cheese, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Really? Okay. I believe. Oh my goodness. I know that? that's what Sparta's pizza and waffle uses, and this is a very similar style pizza. What's okay. up, Food kind Network? Of, kind of the baked okay. on top. There. All right. I think about it as this kind of hole in the wall place. Like we got the cheese, there's a lot of. I'm not going to like try and pretend that this isn't the truth, but it is greasy. There, it there is, it is a greasy pizza. Yes. It is greasy. Like I went, I've got my computer in front of me and I went to go typing and I like had to wipe my computer board off after, uh, <laughs> cause it was just so greasy, oh, but gosh. it's good. It's real good. 
We yeah. may we may put a picture in the show notes here of the post pizza grease um, remainder. The it just reminded me too of just a just a handful of like kind of hometown greasy pizza places. I know oh, we yeah. talked about last time I oh, grew yeah. up in Kentucky and there was one in my hometown called Carrada's that was super greasy. Carrada's arteries. And, yeah, Carrada's arteries. <laughs> uh, when I was in college, there was a spot called in Cincinnati in the middle of the hood. This little joint called Queen City Pizza. It was like four ninety nine for a large cheese pizza. So we'd all like get a few friends, a couple bucks, go get mm. late night pizza. And you literally had to dab that thing off with a paper towel before you <laughs> ate it. Otherwise, it was like gonna like it was gonna like drip on you. Mop you know? it like, down. <laughs> yes. It was that kind of pizza. But yeah, I kind of love those places. You know, there's something just about like. I don't know, American, like very like excessive about it. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, totally. And so there's this place in Coopville and we just stopped by there cause we were out there for this wedding on Whidbey Island and we were hungry and it's called pizza factory and it just kind of looks like really. And so I think pizza factory is a little bit of a chain, but this place was like, what? It's got the checkered floor and all that. And they come out and you, we ordered just like a normal meat pizza and it's pretty greasy, but it's got these cashews on it. And I'm like, oh, I think you actually, oh, no, that's that's our thing. And I'm like, I don't love cashews. Took a bite. Yeah, cashew on pizza. Bingo. It Bingo. was so good. But like you're saying, greasy, it's got a hole in the wall. And we're like, oh, gosh, this is a new favorite. How many times have we been to Whibby Island since then? Maybe once. But, <laughs> you know. Got to make the trip. Yeah, it's like one of gotta, those places. You just got to make the trip. It's a destination pizza place. <laughs> yes. Oh man, yeah. That's. I mean, those kind of hole in the walls too. Like we. One of the things I joke about out here in Sultan is that, like, I mean, it's not a pizza place, but if you've ever had the startup teriyaki, that place mm. is the most unassuming restaurant you could ever. You're afraid to stand in one place too yeah, long. Yeah, you don't because you might not get out of that spot. You know, you've probably driven it. by it about 500 times and not even realized there was teriyaki in there. Because uh, it's just a rundown, dumpy market. There's teriyaki in there. And there's treasure good. in there. That, so if you never had that dollar ninety nine DVDs. you got to go there. Yeah, $1.99 <laughs> DVDs. And never mind the person coughing during the movie. That's actually part of the recording. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that pizza, amazing. Are we going to start just want to do the ranking really quick on this? Uh, I don't think we need to do the... Piece by piece, but maybe what's what stood out? By far the pizza. Just kidding. The cheese was amazing. Brown, crispy, lots of it. And then under so underneath that is the meat. And then underneath that again is some cheese, I think. I don't know. It just was so delightful. That cheese was delightful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this is gonna be a cheese thing, like when we go all around here. Toppings that, were good too, though. The cheese was good. Uh I mean, I don't need a lot of meat pizzas right now, but that was a great meat pizza. And there's not a lot of sauce. I mean, there wasn't really a no, lot of no, sauce in not it. Not very but much at all. But it was like not dry either. It, it was mean, like a, a sweet sauce too. Yeah, the it sauce was, was pretty sweet. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and the, and the crust was nice and crispy, and, <clears throat> and it was all just good. It was a very good pizza all around. Yeah, so I've had I've had Gino's a few times, and I will say that the the crust I think they changed and it has improved since I've had it. It used to be kind of the the square kind of blocky hard kind mm -hmm. of a crust and this this was definitely a better crust a little buttery um so i'm gonna i'm gonna say of the pizzas we've had which a recap here if you guys mm -hmm. have missed some episodes we've done sahara we've done rico's we've done donato's mm -hmm. from red robin we've done jet city 
and we've done Domino's, Pizza Hut, Caesar, Little Caesar is kind of a combo podcast. Yeah, yeah. And this this pizza is at the top of my list now. Yeah, I definitely have to say that as well for me. Definitely. Yeah, I, I think probably from the ones that we've had. Uh, I mean, I have a special place for Donato's in my heart. And like you you still won't be able to convince me that if it was just pepperoni, that it was better, even though they're different styles. But, but from yeah, the real Donato's, not oh, the Red man. Robin knockoff. But this is a great pizza to have at like 11 o'clock at night when you have just a couple more bad decisions to make. <laughs> <laughs> that water came out of my nose, Josh. Thank you. Uh, this, this decision would be a little tougher at 11. But we had it, you know, for dinner at four-ish in the afternoon like we're retired people. But it was amazing. I mean, really, really good. I will say that cheese is the best cheese that we've had so far. Absolutely. And public service announcement, they're not open past 10. So don't try to get And it's cash them. only still, right? Cash only. That, that's cash. how you know it's a good spot. If a place is cash only, you can guarantee that it's going to be good. Hey, Geno's cash only. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they do have a please rip me off cash machine there, however. So. Oh, the ATM? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> please rip me off. I seem to find those everywhere I go. <laughs> All right, well, guys, so this like, like we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast here, it is uh, the Winter Olympic season, mm-hmm. and the Winter Olympics this year are in Beijing. And as always, NBC will be carrying it. And we are not sponsored by NBC. I just thought I'd make it sound <laughs> like we were. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. But if you're looking to watch them, that's where you're going to find them. Uh, NBC's um, little streaming service, Peacock, as well. Oh, yeah, there you go. You can find them wherever. So if you're on um, Xfinity, they have offered that up. You've got it. Yeah, so that's good. Um, So not only, Josh, is it the Olympics. It's We're a a month into the new year. And mm. I know the beginning of the year, a lot of people like to make kind of resolutions or goals. So maybe a good time for us to maybe check in Mm. on that as well as we're talking Olympics and, you know, a lot of goals involved there as well as far as people trying to get to the Olympics and win medals and things like that. Sure. And and I'll say, I'll lead that off by saying in the new year, I've had Pizza Hut, Little Caesars, Domino's, and now Gino's all in before February 1st. So your goal goal of eating more pizza is great. Yes. Good job. My goal of eating pizza has uh, gone up, Just but my uh, checking it off. Yeah, health health wise, that doesn't sound like a benefit for me. Mm. Um, but yeah, so when it comes to the Winter Olympics, guys, I mean, I have a bunch of experiences like watching it as a kid, and uh, even kind of last uh, couple times the Winter Olympics have come on, I've been like, yeah, I'll watch that. It seems like something I'd be interested in. So, what kind of uh, like what do you remember, like, or have some memories about the Winter Olympics and? Uh, What's been your experience with them? Gosh, um, a lot of experience with them. Should I say the one that really stands out the most? I mean, since I'm the oldest guy in the room and you you were alive during it, but you weren't, Josh. 
Just I was not alive. The miracle on ice. Do you believe in miracles? It was Al McGuire back in the day, right? Is that his name? Al Michaels, not Al McGuire. Come on, it was Al Michaels. But yeah, that'll always stand out. My grandma loving ice skating, my grandpa watching just to see if somebody got dropped or somebody fell. You know, um, the the luge and all oh, how crazy that is. Yeah, so many. Like turning the channel and watching anything other than curling and the get on, you know, you uh, do the cross-country skiing and pull the... The, uh, oh yeah, the biathlon. Yeah, or whatever that is with the shooting and all that, which yeah, is yeah. a lot like army and all that. And you would think it'd be cool. Gosh, that was boring as anything. Ice skating, like, but not the dancing, but the actual speed skating and just how crazy those wipeouts were. Yeah, lots of memories. What about you, John? Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I'm not a huge fan of the Winter Olympics. I'm more of a team sport kind of a person, and so mm. I, I tend to skew more towards Summer Olympics, <clears throat> hockey, bro. or no Olympics at all, really. Um, but uh, oh. I do. I have seen hot take. I have seen quite a few uh, things. My wife really likes the ice skating, so I've uh, happened yeah. to see some of that. Um, but I would say that the thing that probably sticks in my head the most is actually, it's from the Olympics, but it's not from watching the Olympics. It's from wide world of sports. Oh yeah. And the massive wipeout on the downhill skiing that they uh, use yeah. for the agony of defeat, of defeat. portion yeah. of the wide world of sports. <laughs> yes. And then, um, we were talking a little earlier with, uh, young buck, Zach Day and his, his uh, standout things for the Winter Olympics were, were movie-based things. Oh, and, yeah, of course. And so one of those is, is true for me, too. Cool runnings, the Jamaican bobsled team. How do you not like that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. John Candy. The- You're dead yet? It's, it was just so good. And, I, and to piggyback off of that, I think that's like where my interest in the Winter Olympics kind of began. It was like I, I was a kid when the Cool Runnings came out, and I thought it was just – such a fun movie and I used to like practice bobsledding in like boxes in my house oh, and nice. it was just you know, down the stairs oh we didn't have stairs but oh, yeah okay. you just okay. push yourself and you do whatever it's really kind of anticlimactic but um <laughs> <laughs> but, sounded cool to begin with but yeah it's that was kind of where it started and I love to watch that like the luge like you said and the bobsled mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff and um and then like when I got older and I was kind of into skateboarding and a uh, little spoiler alert, there are no mountains in uh, the Midwest. What? None. Oh. So, like, the skiing thing kind of lost on me. Didn't really have a lot of experience with that. But I was kind of in that scene with, like, skaters and whatever. And so snowboarding seemed really cool mm-hmm. to me. Plus, also, there was a game, I think, on Nintendo 64 called 1080 Snowboarding that me and one of my friends used to play all the time. And so, like, watching when snowboarding became a part of the Olympics... It was like, oh, yeah, now you got me. I'm going to watch that. But I always really love the downhill stuff, too, because that's just insane. Like, they're going, like, 100 miles an hour, and it's just, like... Pretty crazy. Yeah, and there's a lot of drama and tension with that. Very much so. I think that that's pretty cool, like, to, like, beat the time or whatever. But also, have you guys watched, like, in the last, I think maybe, like, two or three Olympics, uh, Winter Olympics, there's a new sport. It's basically, like... um, it's like BMX, but with uh, like snowboarding and, and skiing. So there's like a track and there's like six 
uh, yeah. snowboarders or, yeah. or skiers and they go down I don't remember what it's called it's got some some name but they're, they're like going over jumps together and like knocking each other out man that one is fun it's like gosh it's so scary it's like the roller derby man because people are like knocking each other out and banging into each other it's oh, great man yeah. that's a and then I've somebody like that. wins it at the end and then they always do like a trick you know and the, the last hill is a really big like jump and they land it and it's or don't land <laughs> or it or don't <laughs> yeah, that's pretty fun um, also, like the ski jump, that one's crazy. Isn't that nuts? Crazy. It's like the craziest thing. So high. The enemy of defeat one, right? Because that's what he was doing when he hit that, right? When uh, I'm crashed. thinking of a, I'm thinking of a skier, but we're talking the ski. The, but the he was launch. talking about ski jump. But I think the agony of defeat guy was a, like downhill. Was a downhill like, skier. A downhill skier. I think. Oh, dude! I think he was going to jump. Whatever. Right. Well, I was sports. I mean, I was pretty young, so you you might have to be able to tell us better than than I can. I don't. Yeah, that's 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 tough because you want to be right, but then if you're right, you're old. Wait, I already am old. Also, how can we and talk I'm about right. the Winter Olympics without mentioning? What is maybe the biggest scandal in all Winter Olympic history? <laughs> the Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan, mm, you know, B-Y. like uh, the beatdown. Yeah, like yeah. what is it with all the drama in like in figure skating? It seems like it's always got like some sort of like d- drama to it. But yeah, that one like it's a pageantry, and so when you think pageantry, you think pageants, and that's got a ton of drama <laughs> involved in it. <laughs> Naturally, just... that's how it works. <laughs> But yeah, that's, I mean, that was crazy. I mean, that was all over the news back in like, what, 94? I don't know. What, Gosh, what, was that Sarajevo? No, it wasn't Sarajevo. That was... Uh, well, it was all leading up to that. I don't know that it was actually at the Olympics. But it was like leading up to oh, what, totally. who was going to go to the Olympics. Exactly. Yeah. And then didn't like Tanya Harding like lay an egg? Or she didn't even get to go, did she? Gosh, good question. I can't remember. All I remember yeah. is that that was crazy and then watching all this stuff unfold and you're thinking that's america's finest right there yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. here we go hey good job trailer park girls go around the outside oh man yeah and i remember the figure skating like as a kid like watching like there was one of the guy was it uh hamilton or the guy who did the backflip there was like the one uh figure Mm. skater who would always he was known for doing the backflip and i always thought that that was pretty cool and what's up hamilton uh, and then they had like like Christy Yamaguchi and all those people like from that time. I thought that was a, I always thought that was Gosh. pretty interesting as a kid. Well, but, and um, Brian Boitano and all that. These guys are just unbelievable athletes. Totally. I mean, and definitely <clears throat> there's this effeminate and all these things that people say. I'm like, good luck being that strong. Sure. And doing yeah. those kind of things. I don't care what anybody else. That to kind say of about. spinning. I mean. Honestly, like I was at the playground the other day with my daughter and like got on the merry-go-round thing oh, and see, for yeah. like two rotations and I'm like, I can't stand up. Oh, no, I'm man. like di- so dizzy <laughs> and I'm like, how are you going to spin around for like 30 seconds and then do anything? Oh gosh. Let alone like skate. I mean, Aaron is, I mean, he's a pretty like accomplished, accomplished ice skater. Ice skater. Yes. I would I would venture to say. So I mean Aaron, can you please tell us how how you would stay on your feet? If you how were did I not around. see this coming? How in the world? So in case any of you are wondering, we had a an event out at the old ice rink out there. The practice rink, I think, is really what it is for the the wonderful um, Everett Silvertips. And um, here's what happened. In 15 minutes, I didn't make one full rotation around 
the entire ice rink and I fell four times. And the fourth time I fell, I fell so hard that I split open my forehead slash eyebrow, broke my glasses, and one not so little Kobe comes up to me and says, Pastor Aaron, are you okay? And he's shaking in his voice. And I'm like, bro, thanks. I'm, it hurts, but I'm all right. Blood on the ice. Everything stopped. Yeah, nine stitches and some Bondo later. Which leads me to another. And, only- and the only LNI claim in Crosswater Church's history. <laughs> and what were, you, what were you doing just before this fall? Eating pizza. No, I mean like literally just before. You were up. just standing. Okay, so John, <laughs> John tells this story because he remembers it well because he had no desire I whatsoever. Had a, I had a front row seat from the, the non-ice because <laughs> I know my limits. He did. Now I know mine as well, and it was terrible. Here's one Olympic memory with my aunt. It was 91, 92. There's this French couple ice skating, you know, the couple skating, and she's got her hands behind her back, and he's holding her back that way. And she hits the, a toe pick and goes down hard. A plam right on her face. And that is just like this indelible thing. And then I got to do something just like that. Only standing. I wasn't actually <laughs> ice skating. I couldn't find my balance, and I went down hard. And then I have this weird, beyond just rational fear of my hands being on the ice. Oh, somebody run them over. Right. And then there goes your (laughs) fingers. So I keep my hands in like, like I'm doing a diamond push up. Yeah. That did me no favors. That's really what made me slam my face right into the (laughs) slam my face right into the ice. And you know, you'd think, Oh, it's ice. So it's going to be just fine. Put a little ice on it. No ice hurts. It's, it's it. hard ice, yeah. Yeah, it's okay. it's. I mean, if you had laid there, it might have done some good for the swelling, but. You know. <laughs> oh, oh man, that was that is a classic memory that yeah, I have appreciate here. you bringing this, up. This is really good. Uh, so Aaron will not be performing at the uh, at the Winter Olympics this year. In case you were wondering, I have retired. He's retired. Yes, it's good. You and Tom Brady both. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, um, Tom Brady. But yeah, that's I. I mean, I think that the Winter Olympics are pretty fun, and uh, so yeah, that kind of brings us just to the idea that we're kind of going through is like, man, to become an athlete. Like we talked about that just now. Like the athlete, the athletes of the Olympics are like insane. The things that they can do, number one, the like risks that they take, and then the training it takes to become an athlete like that. Literally, for some of them, it's their whole life, and that's their goal. And yeah, they get to that, and they've trained for this a whole lot. I mean, it is, it is like absolutely no holds barred when it comes to like every aspect of your life becomes centered around accomplishing this goal and trying to be the greatest in the world. That's right. And so, yeah, there's just, I mean, the amount of discipline and like goal setting that goes into that, it's kind of what we want to focus on today as we're, as we're thinking about like the new year, we're thinking about it's February we probably tried to set some goals for ourselves this year. And for many of us, you know, by February, the wheels have come off of that and we're just back to living that life again and seeing what kind of happens. So, um, yeah, guys, uh, what, what's your, what's your take on, uh, uh, maybe athletes like that, but also just on your own goal setting mm-hmm. for this year, but, or your own goal setting just in years past, what, what's your, what's your take on that? 
That's good. I'll let you answer first, John, because I know that you actually follow through much better than I do on most of your goals. Uh, well, I, mean, I try not to set a lot of goals because then I don't have to um, <clears throat> worry about whether I meet them or not. No. So, uh, so one of the things, one of the things about me um, is is my my biggest fear, I guess, is probably failure. I don't like to look stupid. I don't want to fail at things. And so, what that usually looks like is me avoiding things, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you, so if I if I don't think that I'm going to be good at it, or at least kind of reasonably good at it, then I just won't do it. And obviously, most of us aren't really good at things that we've never done before, <laughs> right? And so, yeah. it's 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 intellectually, I know that it's a stupid way to live life because then you, you just don't experience a lot of new things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, I don't, for whatever reason, I probably could go see a counselor and they could maybe help me figure out why this is, <laughs> is this case for me. I don't really know. Uh, but that's just one of the things about me is I don't, I don't like to fail. And so I, rather than fail, I just avoid. And mm-hmm. you obviously don't get to the Olympics or you know that kind of a level of whatever it is you're doing yeah. um, by having that kind of an attitude. And so I've, I've been trying to push myself in different things. One of, one of the, the bigger goals that I've set somewhat recently is uh, back in 2018, I set out to read 18 books in 2018 because I hate to read. But when I do read, I feel like it challenges me mm-hmm. to think differently, to have different perspectives and to, to grow um, emotionally, but also just grow my mind, my vocabulary, all these things. And so I feel like it's good for me, Amen. but I hate to do it. I'd much rather just sit down and, and veg out. And so I set out to read 18 books and I did do it, um, including the Bible is one of those books. So depending on how you view that, I mean, maybe I read add, way more. Add 66 on it. Yeah. Me. Shattered I mean, it. 65. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's one of the goals that I've had. It wasn't this year. Uh, I, 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 as you might imagine, I kind of got away from reading <laughs> a few years after that. Since you and, didn't love it to begin yeah, with. Yeah, and so this year, I, it wasn't specifically a goal, but I've, I've kind of set out to try to read, read some more and get back into it a little bit this year. That's good. I'd say for me, goals are kind of this uh, love-hate because I know that when you set a goal, like here we are in February and I still haven't followed through with the goal to eat better. And I just had three lovely pieces of pizza. Knowing that was going to happen, I decided not to eat anything but a beef stick for lunch. It was one of those summer sausages, huge. No, I'm just kidding. It was a foot <laughs> foot long by about six inches in <laughs> diameter. But all that to be said, it does. It holds you accountable and you find yourself wanting to be better and to do better. But perfectionism can be a massive problem for me. And I am a procrastinating perfectionist. So I'll put things off and then I can't do it great. And like you saying that, John, kind of hits me pretty hard. I'll just decide, well, maybe I won't do anything then. And that's not, that doesn't work in marriage. That doesn't work in parenting. doesn't work in ministry or any jobs really. And so I've had to keep fighting that and I have to keep leaning in. And so I try to set attainable goals. Um, every Tuesday, I try to be able to have my message done. That doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But for me, I used to put that off until Thursday or maybe even Friday. And Friday was the day that nobody really worked. And so people who have to do the slides would be put in a tough spot. And so some of those things are really, really big for me, but they seem kind of small. But like when it comes to Olympics and all that, I can tell you growing up as a kid, 
I had a dream to be a major league baseball player. And I would say it was more of a dream than a goal because I think dreams are just like out there. Goals, you kind of have to start setting some boundaries and some commitments. And I just didn't, I didn't learn how to hit a curveball very well. I didn't work on the mental side of the game. I had some physical attributes that would allow me to probably have played in college, but my mental and all that, I just, I never did the hard work or asked for or received well correction. And so God has really been doing a lot of, on me since then I mean we're talking whatever 39 years almost later that I've finally started to really pursue being um, corrected and held accountable and all that it's been off and on in my Christian life I've found accountability and pursued it but man that's what I see with these athletes and with goals and with dreams is that you've you've really got to get help and you've got to want it and you got to work hard not to gain identity but to fulfill some of those goals. How about you, Josh? Yeah, I mean, like this year for me, I had kind of set a goal for myself to, I've been not really on social media much like in the last couple of years. And so I I kind of made this goal to, to engage more on Instagram, not like as a, like I just want to, you know, get more connected, but really it was a way just to document my life. And so like, I, you know, I have these moments with, especially with my girls and like uh, my wife right now, like this time of our life is probably, is, you know, not going to come again. And so I want to make sure that I've got it like documented. And so I've been trying to take like a picture or, you know, something every day and like the posting it to Instagram thing is kind of like a, something to kind of hold me accountable to that, even though I've been like four days in a row without posting something. So it's like, I've been trying to do something like every day, but it's still kind of, it kind of doesn't always happen. And so I've been trying to hold myself to that and uh, get back on that train. But yeah, and eating better, like that's the thing. Like the, I feel like of all the things in the, in the pandemic that were hardest for me, it was just like trying to get control of like eating. Cause I feel like that's some, uh, one of the things that's like, um, maybe that I go to if I'm just not feeling great, you know? So whenever, when things are not great, I'm just like, I'm just going to eat something that'll feel good, you know, whatever. And so I I think this year I was like, I need to make some better decisions. And I've been putting some routines in my life as far as like what I'm packing for lunch and like trying to say no to sweets and stuff like that. So, but again, still, you know, it's February and it's like, you know, I just ate some pizza. So there's, there's a, there's a boundary line there where it's like, yeah, I want to make a big change, but also, you know, I don't want to, completely up in my life, especially when I've already kind of upended it with a lot of other things like yeah, grad yeah. school and, sure. and what, what have you. So, um, so it is kind of a challenge, but do, I do look at like these, uh, athletes kind of just with a lot of respect because it does take like so much dedication, so much effort to really achieve this kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. and what it makes me think of, like when we get into like talking about the church is it makes me like achievement in the church. When we start talking about achieve, we usually use it as like a dirty word. We use it as like, you know, earning or, mm-hmm. you know, like trying to be this kind of person where we gain status on our own. And and so it can be this this kind of thing where we're like, you know, like, you know, let God take care of it all, which is good. Like we should be letting God take care of us and we should, um, you know, like we obviously are not in a place where we can determine our own salvation or any of these right. kind of things. However, I think that we have like a lot of autonomy in life that has been given to us. We talked about just Amen. a couple of weeks ago how uh, how God told Adam to subdue the earth, and that's not like 
lay down and let me take care of it. Like, that's like, that's like, Hey, you go out and do some stuff, you know, like you've got a role to play. And, um, and so I think about that. And and also I think of stuff like John uh, 10, 10, I think, you know, where he's, he's like, you know, I've come to give you life to the fullest. Mm. And, and a lot of times, like we know from experience that like, if you're just sitting in your room for, you know, nothing to do, bored, no direction. Like that's not a place you want to be. It doesn't feel healthy. It doesn't, you can only do that a few days and then you're like, Oh my gosh, I got to do something. Exactly. I don't feel productive, you know? And so, uh, yeah, I'm just thinking about like as Christians, you know, with the kind of idea of like, or maybe like fear of, uh, legalism, like how do we just engage in, in kind of achievement and success without like number one, feeling bad about it. Cause that's, that's a thing for me. Like as a, as a kid growing up in the church, like I kind of felt bad about achievement and, and kind of felt like, you know, hmm. blessed are the poor and I should be poor. And, and like the first shall be last. If and you're so really like, loving God, let's be, let's suffer. be last, you know, yeah. like, yeah, we should yeah. suffer and we should like always be last in line. And why, why like try to achieve and um, not saying that like, obviously there are those who will focus on achievement as like the end goal. And like, it's, it's what they build their worth off of. And it's how it's the thing that drives them to uh, compete like this or to be this kind of discipline. But but like I think there is something to be said, you know, like we talk about the the Proverbs, really. And there's a lot in there about like just living your life wisely. And how do you make good decisions for success, for wisdom, for happiness? And um, and so as we talk about like our goal setting and uh stuff like that. I mean, I'm always kind of convicted with that tension of like, how do I be successful? And I think that God, you know, wants us to live successfully, not necessarily with wealth, but just like to have a full life where we like are living our best life, you know, like not to borrow from uh, old uh, Mr. Osteen. But yeah. And I think what we we define best life, what does that mean? Like it's, it's, you know, very different, you know, maybe across the board, but like just, um, being the person that God has created us to be in all of its fullness. And, Mm. and a lot of times that takes work. It's not just going to be a thing that you stumble into, you know, people don't just stumble into being uh, like a gold medalist, you know, it just doesn't happen. You have to put in the work. And so I I don't know. I I just want to throw that out there. See what's your takes on that. There's, I mean, pretty much everything we talk about, right. There's the, there's the good side and there's the bad side. And Mm -hmm. and even something like setting goals, which seems like it should just be a good thing, uh, can have a, the flip side is, is it can be abused. It can be an excuse to avoid things. It can, it can take Mm -hmm. you away from other things. I mean, you think of these, again, these Olympic athletes, and the countless hours that they have to spend doing things that comes with great sacrifice, right? Sure. And a lot of times it's their family or their friends or their careers or whatever the case, right? They're sacrificing something mm-hmm. to do this. And they're obviously determining that it's worth it in some way, right? Mm-hmm. But we're also seeing, especially with this, the past Summer Olympics, I think is where it really started to kind of come out is uh, Simone Biles who kind of mm. had pulled, pulled out of some things because yeah. of mental health issues, right? And sure. so there's this immense pressure that they put on themselves, but also gets put onto them by others to perform and to hit these certain standards. And you know, you got to win the gold and all these things that 
that you know you definitely start to see the dark side and so it's, yeah. it's got to be a balance like with, with anything that we're point. talking about yeah. right it, I mean, this is no different there has to be a balance um, with with it because here's a here's a quote from one of the, one of the books I read a few years ago it's called finished by John Acuff and he says is in this there, one of the 18 it's one of the 18 okay. yeah he said in there if you pursue the right goal in the wrong way hmm. you still end up in the wrong place Wow all yeah. right so your goal may be good. But if it if you're ignoring your spouse or your kids or your job or your whatever to get there, right. then then it probably wasn't a good idea, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even though the goal itself may have been a, a worthy goal. That's outstanding. I think one of the things that convicts me in all of this is identity. Like, I think what you said, Josh, just resonates with me so much that success or even ambition, right, has been such a dirty word. The words, the Bible is clear, selfish ambition. But look, if I'm ambitious and it helps my family, if I'm ambitious and it helps my church, if I'm ambitious and it helps my community, what good am I doing anybody by shrinking back and not bringing my light mm, to bring in my yeah. strength, right? But often it's such a fine line, and John, you said it, is that we've got the flip side of it, and it's where... Like Colossians 3, I think it's 23 or 24, says whatever you do, do it as working as unto the Lord, right? Yeah, if that's your goal. But a lot of times people will alienate other people in their ambition to be excellent. And they'll, they'll I mean, we talked about toxic, toxic masculinity last time. It's when you just have to dominate people. I mean, that's ambition, right? I mean... I look at a guy, so as of this recording, today was the official day that Tom Brady retires after 22 years. Six-round pick, afterthought, right? And he becomes the greatest quarterback for sure, maybe the greatest NFL player. Seven, you know, Lombardi trophies, however many MVPs. And his family seems to love him and admire him and all that. This is one ridiculous competitor. And he's very, very ambitious. And he's like, look, if I can't give it the 100%, I'm just not going to do it. And he even mentioned at the end of the season, well, you know, I'm going to see about spending some more time with my family. And I'm like, I guarantee your family would love to see you more, right? So, I mean, it's these sacrifices. For what? For the Hall of Fame? For notoriety? Gold medal. Gold medal. Do my best. You know, I, I think there's so much there, and I think we should do what we do is working as unto the Lord. And so don't be half-hearted about it. Don't have this terrible witness to the world that we just sit on our blessed assurance because it just doesn't matter. I'm, I'm in. God's got me. You know, maybe even that antinomianism where you're against the law because I'm just grace. Jesus cares about all that stuff, and he cares about what we do. You can't earn it. But you can be a good example, and I think that's you know one of the convictions that I've had. Just thinking yeah, well, I mean, it brings up a couple of things that we've already already talked about. You you talked about this perfectionism. I talked about the fear of, of failure, failure keeping me yeah. from doing things right, mm-hmm. and those those aren't good things either, right? To mm-hmm. to avoid things because I can't be perfect at it, or because I right. I may fail at it, right? And so just sit, sitting around doing nothing. 
is also not a good thing, no. right? And so, so there, so you need to have some ambition. You need to do everything as if you're doing it for the Lord. And it doesn't yes. mean to sit around and wait for Him to come back, right? I mean, there's, <laughs> there's stuff for us to, to be doing. And so there's there's, there's these balances. And Josh, you talked about kind of within the church, um, the the fear or the danger of of being legalistic. Well, sometimes we we need to go ahead and just start pursuing things and not be worried about. You know, am I being legalistic by that? Like, I mean, oh, it's gonna be you know, if you if you want to get know the word better, then you need to be in the word and not be afraid that well, I'm I am I becoming legalistic because I'm reading my Bible every day. Well, not if you're doing it because you want to grow closer to Jesus, right? Amen. And so that's good. So we can't let these things get in the way either, right? Mm, yeah, agreed. And and when I think about the Winter Olympics and I think about just Olympics in general and. I mean, maybe the most powerful moments at the, at the Olympics are the ones where you see the people stand up on that podium or, or even cross that finish line and, and all of the, the, the work that they put in. Like, I think they could, they could never see that gold medal. You know, they could never right. take it home. They could never touch it and it would be fine because just crossing that line and accomplishing that goal or whatever is that thing that's like, it's mm. very... Um, it's just very powerful, I think, for people. I mean, I, I remember I went and watched uh, the Rock and Roll Marathon in Seattle once because I had a friend who was running in it. And just to see, like, these people crossing the finish line at the end of a marathon and just, like, like for many of them, like, it doesn't matter what the time was. They just, like, can I that's finish good. it? Yep. And there's, like, this release that's, like, I did it. You know, I accomplished it. And it really just made me think, too, as I was, I was kind of thinking about that, that the First Corinthians 9... Uh, where Paul says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to uh, to get a crown that will last forever. And so it makes me think about just that kind of, as we're talking about our lives as kind of this, you know, not competition, but like this kind of goal setting, right? We've got this, this kind of path of like achievement and we're kind of looking towards, it's like, what are we looking for? What is, what is that thing that we're going to cross the line for? And we're going to be like, I can't believe I'm so glad I got here. And when we talk about it with, you know, seeing, uh, being face to face with the one who made us, that's like this, this moment that I think a lot of people have in their mind. And I, and I yep. always kind of think of it in light of like standing on that podium and, and hearing the national anthem played, you know, and mm. there's all that kind of emotion that goes with it. And I think like just using that as a little tiny window into like what finishing the race of life and like being with your creator, I think there's just something powerful. Well in that. done, good and faithful. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, there's, oh, that's so good. Gosh. What yeah. probably fascinates me the most about the Olympics that I didn't mention earlier is how young most of these people are. Totally. Just on summer or winter, just so young. And it's insane for me as a person who was recently young. Like, <laughs> it's insane to me. At least more recently. It's insane to me. I saw the look, too. He just looked right at me. Well, and I think if you were to talk to Tom Brady, you'd find the same yeah. thing. It is insane to me how quickly your youth goes you know like you are young and then all of a sudden you're not and and there's that line in there where it just kind of you just kind of cross it over and you're like i am not a person that could be competing in the olympics well i mean think about these these olympic athletes right if they say you know you're downhill skiing and you you made the olympics you're downhill skiing and you you wreck your you crash you break your leg 
you can't do that again for four more years. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's a long time yeah, to it's a lot. continue that work. And, and maybe some of them can't do it, right? They can't right. either, even if it's mm-hmm. not an injury, they just can't keep up that level of, of work or that yeah. level of ability. Some of them can, and it's, it's truly amazing. Some of these people that have, have gotten hurt or whatever, and four years later, there they are again. And you're like, yeah. man, it's just a, a lot of work for four really years to, yeah. to do that again. And it's pretty inspiring, you know, to, to look and see some of those stories, to hear some of the stories of people who've been hurt or who, who've gone through, you know, like Simone Biles, you know, people that have gone through like really difficult off seasons, you know, like uh, where they've had struggles and where they've found themselves now back in the Olympics or like, or where they found themselves saying, you know what, I gave it my best shot and that is, I'm okay with that. And mm. so, um, yeah, I don't know. That's I just think it's really cool. I, I, I there's a lot of cool storylines and you see a lot of really cool movies and things made out of Olympic stories mm-hmm. and kind of the ideas of um you know, achievement. But it's uh yeah, I think it's just pretty powerful. It really is. Man, I appreciate what you guys had to say. Yeah, well, thank you guys for joining in with us. It's another great conversation to have with you guys and to eat like a fantastic pizza. So uh, thank you for joining and listening with us and tell your friends about us. Yeah. Tell your friends and uh, man, if you can like uh, let us know what some of your favorite winter Olympic moments are. We'd love to hear it. So have a great week and we will talk to you later. Bye-bye. This has been Pastors and Pizza, a production of Crosswater Community Church in Sultan, Washington. Check us out online at crosswaterchurch.org. We meet every Sunday morning at 9 and 1045 on the corner of 3rd and Birch in Sultan. Thanks for listening. Be sure to leave us that five-star review. We hope to see you soon. Bye. Adios.